0: Hi there. We just recorded an episode with Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brat, which was focused on the time of year that we're in. We just began Sefer Bereshis, and we complete the Torah once a year. Where this seder come from, the way we have the parshias. we discussed at length that there was other men hugging, and it's very relevant to the Daphim we just learned, because it was Binnigar throw where they finished the Torah once every three, three and a half years, and that is discussed at length. And the sources for the way we do it, and the sources for the way it was done in other places, and we go through throughout the generations, and obviously he mentions many, many, many Sfarim and sources for this topic, and we just learned this daf, Kuf Yur Aleph of the Gemara discusses how terrible it is to go from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, and perhaps Tanayim will put in Kherim, Shamteh, and Shachiv, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt. it is a pleasure to be with you now after Sukkot, Some of us had the opportunity to meet you on your travels to the United States. Thank you for that. And we're here with a special episode. It's being dedicated in honor of the Daf Yemi shir of Rabbi Shaul Greenwald. His shear is available on all DAF and other platforms. It's a shear which... He really, really explains very well the questions of the Gemara, how the Gemara is answering the questions. He speaks out almost every Rashi that's relevant to the DAF. Very many of the taisos are spoken out. Also, certainly the ones that are directly affecting Pshat, some of the basic questions, all done in a clear, concise way. People use it to prepare, people use it to review, and there are people who use it as their main Daf Yemi so go check that out on all Daf, and it is available on other platforms as well. So this Shear is a unique shear because it's not directly related to anything Gemara, but it's related to the time of year that we're in. We just began the new Parsha cycle, Parsha's Bereshis, and there are some interesting things that you'll find in the Chumash, certain things that people wonder about, who made the parshias some of the small words that you find after parshias at the end of chumashim, these are some of the things that Rabbi Dr. Brutt will be addressing. And we're looking forward to this presentation, like all others. Rabbi, doctor, how are you today?
1: Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem.
0: Okay, so you want to get right down to business. Uh, very often you like to give an introduction to what this is all about. You could do that. But I think the first question that you'll be discussing today is, who divided
1: the Parshish? Right. So first, to begin, the series of questions that was sent in by the sponsor was as follows. First, he wants to know is, who divided up the Parshish in our Chumash? The sources, let's say, if there's Chazal, Gainim, Rishayinem, that was one question he wanted to know. And were these also the divisions throughout the generations? Another thing he wanted to know was that um, at the end of every Chumash, there's a list all different types of piece of information, how many psukim there are, and stuff like that. And there's a word that says and and then it will tell you in each chumash how many Sidarov there are. So let's say if you look in chumash Bereishis, it says sudarav is mem gimel. Now, what is mem gimel? What, how many parishes do you see in your chumash Bereishis? Not forty-three. At the in this list, it also has the prakim and has the psukos um, but that's a different story. Now, then he also wanted to know, I guess to, um, also which will hopefully come to some understanding th- through this discussion, is that he wants to understand there's a Rashi in Parashas Vayechi and when we get up to it, we'll quote what Rashi says and what the issues were and what might be the explanation. So those were the questions that the sponsor wanted hopefully to be somewhat dealt with in the course of this shir. Now, before anything, the truth is like this. There are multiple topics about Kriya Satyra, which we do a few times a week. Um, and it's relating, as, as uh, we just mentioned in the introduction, the reason why we're talking about this now is because we we're right away in the beginning of Parashas Noyach. People don't have an excuse yet not to fall out of Shnai Mikravech HaTargum yet. Um, especially this year, even had a few days to work on Beratius. So... When you when we talk about Kriya Satyra, there are multiple questions that people wonder about at some point in their lives. They hear different things, um, and this is one such topic. The, the questions that people ask, some people know uh, more than others about them, is who is the who made the prakim, who made the psukim, the divisions, the alias, When do uh, we have alias, Seven alias. Why do they stop in those specific places? Who made them? Um, you aftira. Why do we have aftira? What aftira? Many times you'll see in shul there'll be a tumult about a particular aftira when you're supposed to lay it. People might have come across in, lear, in learning in different places in, in, that there's a metargaman. There was someone that used to say that was Metargam the psukim and how that worked and when does that fall out of play? When did it start? And um, also uh, one other issue which also plays out in, is that when you learn mishnayis and the gemaras, you see that. Originally, everyone who got an aliyah, they had the lane. Eventually, changes that this is about Cairo, Chazan, whatever it is. When does that happen? What go, what's behind that? Now, all these are obviously um, questions that each one deserves a nice discussion. Um, and this is, some, this is a related topic also of curiosity in increase Taira, and in, um, to understand our parashius, when does this division happen? Now, that is the question.
0: I'm sure you've probably been to a shul. Certainly it's happened like on a Monday and a Thursday where one sitter says to stop here and the other siddhar says to stop there. You probably could tell us if it's at all um, in regular parish where there might be a conflict between different chumashim of where to divide up the alias.
1: That's what right. I said. That is a, its own topic, which yes, people have devoted a lot of time. Even currently as we speak, I recently got an advertisement of a chumash that supposedly has the correct Places where one's supposed to stop, um, another such chumash. But it's a it's a hot topic that everyone. There's different as I coined it in other places. There's junkies for different things, so there are junkies for these types of things also. Now, interesting is, I would think it's a simple story. Someone asked the question, who divided our parshas? So you look it up. Maybe you Google it, you Wikipedia it, and you get your answer. And then, and as we'll see today, that there's no real good, clear answers for the question. But there's an interesting discussion that of of um, Concepts and things that we've learned and heard about in our lives, um, some more than others, and hopefully we'll get some ideas about this. some of these questions. Now, the story for me, particularly, um, in one aspect over here at least, begins with as follows. About 18 years ago, I was learning at night with, with, a, with a Chavrusa, and an old Chavrusa was learning the same base marriage, and he said his kid got homework from the Rebbe, the rabbi wanted to know what is the siddharov that I mentioned earlier that's found in the end of each homish, what is it referring to? So piqued my curiosity, I started looking around. This was, I would say, this is in before Google became such a big thing that the first place you look is rabbi Google. This person actually didn't have internet, um, only email. But uh, so from then on, I always was curious about it and come across different things, and some of the information... Um, will come out in the discussion today. Now, I will also say one other point of introduction is... Um, two other points of introduction. One is that a lot of people did not know. It, it bothered them and they did not have a good answer. I'll list them out in a second. And another thing is that um, I'm not attempting to to explain every single aspect of this sugya as as it relates and plays out. It's, it's, it happens to be as, I'm, as I was learning through and preparing it, I did not realize how endless it is. But as we know, Tyra is just endless. And when you start looking into things, sometimes it just never ends. So whatever. There's a limited amount of time and I, I cannot go into every pract of this topic.
0: Are you going to discuss Simonim? That's something which you find Simonim, you find the amount of Sukkim and then there's a word that connected to the Simon. Who wrote that? word? did that come that's from? A, that, that happens to be
1: its own... It's his own shear and svarim were written just on that particular thing, and it's his, that's a mamish. It's own whole whole sugya, which is worthy of at least one shir also. So that is not today.
0: In other words, if somebody would have any interest in that shear, please reach out to either one of us. Perhaps that could be further on the horizon for all Torah network.
1: Okay, now, so. Just to mention, this thing, it's not like, you know, this person, when he asked this question, there were big people, they didn't know. You see the Radal, for example, in his Hagdama to um, Psikta and Esther, I think it's Psikta and Esther or something, that he talks about it by Rikos, and you see he's struggling to understand what it is. Um, the Shilom in and Askama that he gave to a safer mayor, any safer you see also that he's struggling to try to understand it. He brings people that also didn't know. Then he says, Baruch Hashem, I had a dream. And through this dream, I now was figured out, pshat. And then he goes with a whole pshat that he comes up with. Um, Revol who was very famous for being into diktuk and all these things also, at the end of his parish on Chumash, he, uh, um, Bereshis, he, he also asks, one second. He also asks this, um, what's going on here? He um what are they referring to? And he tries to come up with some uh, type of suggestion, but it's not really, um, today we know that it's not really the right answer. Okay, okay that, that's all by way of introduction. Now let's get down to the topic, what we're talking about over here, what if there, any of the sources that relate to give us some insight in this story. So we know that the, the concept of laning is way, way back. We find, um, just to list one source, Mesha was Mesakin as a shall mean Megillah that they should lay in Taiwan on Shabasa Syam Taivim Roshkadash and Bahalo Like it says in Vayukka, Vaydaba Mesha's is the A Shadow Bene Israel. Okay. Very well known um source. Another source it's in the same it's a, it's another source which is it's brought in the same Yoshalmi, but it's also famous in the Gemara Mabakama that Ezra had made a bunch of Takanas. One of his Takanas was that the Kairim These were amongst his 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 ten takanas or maybe more. Okay. So we see that there was so way, way back, that means they were they were laning. Laning was a focal point of of the a few times a week, especially Shabbos, they laned now, but now, after that, we're pretty much in the dark. What do I mean we in the dark? So we don't know so much from, let's say, in the Midbar, what happened? Every Shabbos, do we know anything going on? So we don't. Okay. I don't know. I don't even believe there's any Midrashim or something like that that would shed light on this, um, to shed light about. Okay. Fine. Moving on, when you learn Masechtes Megillah, there's a few blot that talks about various aspects of Kriya The and Tent's and with there, Reb Shimon brings down also Ezra. Ticking on Yisrael, Ezra was nosaken that um, about uh, an Important piece of information. We want you to make sure that you kiren the klalus shabatayis kahanim atzeres before shvuas. Usham mishnah tyra kaidem and the klalus that are found in Chomish tvarim should be before Shashanah And the Gemara brings a reason. So we're seeing that they're giving a specific time when they want you to make sure um, to lane. now. Besides for that, is there anywhere else what you're supposed to lane, when you're supposed to lane? So you would think if you'd open up Mishnayis or um, at least Kamara, you would find a list, a straight up list every week what I'm supposed to be laning. What, what do I do? And there is no such list in Chazal. Of everything now, but when one learns Gemara Megillah and early sources, you find certain things, especially for is the the Kriyas what one's supposed to lay, and sometimes which Atayru one's supposed to lay. But you don't find a thorough list, and not only that, if you look for where the parshas itself, where the names of the parshas, who said parshas VeYeshiv is called parshas VeYeshiv, okay, well, and why is that? You will not find many of the parshas even mentioned anywhere in. Tomorrow, which is a strange thing. We're talking about something that was, as we said, it's taking place a few times a week.
0: Take one step back. The actual chomish chomish those names are found.
1: That is another very good question, which I'm not going into now. But we do find different names than what we have. Most notably, everyone um, chomish baracious. Everyone knows there's a it's some, in some sources it's called Sefer yashar. And they often quote in a tziv in Hey Mikdavar, where he has a whole piece in his introduction to the Chumash. Why it's called Eiver Yasher? And others know that Parashat Chumash Bamidbar is not called Bamidbar; it's called Pekudim, And there's other sources about the naming of the Chumashim. So that's also a valid question when that happens now. Um, um, yeah. But but so far, even it's something. What, what I'm trying to point out is it's something we did from the beginning, as far as the Midbar. And we don't have an exact, only as time goes on, do we start seeing the halachas that play out in the, in the various suggis that can be mostly found in, in the of, in, end of Megillah. There's another Gemara Megillah, which is in La'amad Aleph it says, Makam Shachris, Sham Karim B'Mincha, Where you left off on Shabbos, in the morning, that's where you begin Mincha, B'Mincha Sham that's where you begin on Monday, Sham Karim now that's not what we do but you see that it's 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 doing something of the ezra thing because you see it's talking about chavas mincha and monday and thursday but we know we don't do that uh, this is de vere mayer heuda says makam Shem seeken be shab shakh sham kaym be mincha u beshni khamis la shab sabah okay ma jalla kham makam seeken be shab shakh sham kaym be mincha u beshni be khamis la shab sabah inshallah allah kbir bi okay and th- now what we we see is that already, even in this time in this at the Gemara, it wasn't so clear, and it was a machleikis, where are you stopping, you're, you're laning. But what, what happened? How many people were called up uh, all, all the years? So we know, oh, seven aliyas, but where does that happen? And we know, of course, certain aliyas, uh, people have a whole thing that's more chashev, more which Rav is supposed to get it, and Hilchus kindly Le'Visrael, all these halachas that the Gemara does talk about. But when does this start happen? Anyway, obviously, we are not going to be dealing with all these things now um, in Ludovic, but yeah.
0: And we also know that many places give high right? So there obviously isn't likuba, Kuba, and that's discussed in
1: halakha. Right, that's also, if you could, whatever, and where are you supposed to stop? Now Those are actually branch outs from something to, relating to this topic, but as I said, it, it's impossible to fit it into the time that we have allotted over here. Now,
0: meaning the numbers, that's clear in halakha. Right, on different times, Yam Tevim, Shabbat, Yam Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, that's clear. The, the question right, where those divisions? Right,
1: Mishnah and the Gemara talk about, yes, exactly, what, how many you're supposed to get. But how many psukim did they actually lane that does, once you pass three psukim, let's say, so then you're Yaitzis. Let's say you lane 21 psukim, technically yaitzis. When does it come that they're laning, let's say, Parshas Vayeshev, they lane that whole partial. Was that always the case? Um, okay. So and it's so the answer is it's not clear that every week they for all of time that they are reading the whole parsha. Okay, very good. All of a sudden we have a Gemara in Megillah Daf Chav days, and this Gemara the the point of this Gemara is very well known. It says that Bnei Marava the de that the people of Eretz Yisrael they would finish the Torah once in three years, and as we know. Go, it's assuming that the people of Bavel they finished the tire how many times they finished it once every the cycle was once a year. So we're seeing over here that something's u- unique. And if that's the case, that so there was a there was two at least at least two menhagim of how the tire was lamed, there's going to be huge differences. You know, people always complain now, especially now, you know, if you get stuck. It was America and Eretz Yisrael, for for some, at a certain point in time, it could be a bunch of weeks that they're off on the parishes, and you don't know which week to speak. And if you're traveling, and they had to make up and whatever, but in in the olden days, back in the day, the Eretz Yisrael and Bavel, they had two different. They completely They were completely off all the time. It wasn't just a few weeks. You know, people get very nervous about it, which we'll see a little bit about it later on. Okay, Lamaisa, a very famous Rambam that's quoted over here. The Rambam says. Um, that today, I guess, in the Raman's time, you say he's not denying that there that, that was the, about the Minig of Eretz Yisrael, but it was that they finished the tire once a year. He's talking about, the Raman is here, he's saying, which is he's saying what was done in, pre- prevalent in his time. When do you start? Okay. And then he goes on, So he's telling you when you begin, when you finish. Okay? Now, we're going to get back to this. The Raman says, What's going on? It's not such a common language to be found in the Raman. Okay. Now, so, so far, these are some of the sources about laning. and so we're already seeing from this Gemara Megillah that it can't be that there was such a clear cut division of the Parshavs because they're completely off okay so now there's a beautiful Sefer called Leches Machsheves from a very very Chasheva Yid, he was Roshiva Eitz in London Reb Nachman Schleimer he wrote a bunch of Svarim they are very hard to get for all the years in recent years, less than 10 years ago, Mokhon Yishlein did a beautiful edition putting out all the stuff that they had of his into two volumes. Highly recommended. Sefer Sefer, all different types of things can be found in the Sefer. He has, um, one of the things he has a piece where he talks about the Chalukah Saparshis. When does it happen? So he brings down the Rambam that we mentioned and then he says, but if, you, if you look in Rambam Halacha Bey's, Rama brings down, Ezra Tikan, which we also discussed based on the Gemara Megillah, Ezra the Okay, great. Then he says, so you see from here, that the Chalukas of HaParshis is before Ezra, based on the Gemara that we mentioned in Megillah. Okay, great. But, it's clear, as we're pointing out from all this, he says what I just said also, that it wasn't it wasn't a universal accepted chalukah because we see that the minig of Bnei Yisrael was at this time to do it once every three years. Okay. He brings down all different things. He proves that Lema'isa... He brings down someone that wants to say that it was very few people that had this minig in Eretz even, even Yisrael. That the Gemara goes is talking mm-hmm. about. was very few people. But he says he has a chachas that it's not true. It was common in Eretz that this was the minute at the time. Okay, he proves it from Yerushalmi now. So, but what comes out, bottom line, what's significant from all this is that there was no minute kavua, which is what we're similar to what I'm saying was the logical conclusion of this series. Okay, he goes on and he talks a little bit about it. He has some suggestion based on what, um, when it happened. And as I said already, announced. I'm not going to say every person's knech, we're gonna because gonna, you're going to see what I, the way I hope to say shortly. Many people say different knaches for this similar type of thing, and the, I'm, I'm not interested in boring the details. Is just to get to the the main thrust of what's going on. Okay, so that's number one. Um, in this, so, okay, fine. So now we so we mentioned the Rambam, and the Rambam we said says eight minute pashut. So what does it mean eight minik pashut? So Interestingly enough, we have, in the past I've mentioned that one of the interesting sources that we have is that people used to travel. And people traveled already in the times of the Rishayinim. We have travels, it's called known as Masoyis of Rabbein Yamin, of of Toledo, I think it's called. And basically he travels Europe in the years 1165 to 1173. This is Mamish in the times, in the Tkufa of the Rambam, around the times of the Rambam. He's, and he describes his trip and he comes to Egypt. And he says, he talks about that there's a bunch of yid there and he says there's two big shuls. Okay, great. And he says, um, in this passage, he says like this, one of the shuls, they're noyig, like finishing the ta'ira, like the Anshe bavel, which is what we do today, which is, and this, this Rabbi Yom says that's the meaning that he, from where he's coming from, he's a guest in Egypt. But he says, but there's also a shul on Yisrael, a and what do they do? They have a certain way how they lane, and they don't finish every year. The Chomish they finish every three years. He says, and this shul. So he's talking about a shul that he would basically refer, as I said, we're talking about the years 1165, 1173. You can probably even figure out exactly which year he sees this. They're doing this minig of that's mentioned already in the Gemara Megillah. Okay? That they're not finishing it every year. But, uh, that they're not finishing it every year. They're finishing it once every three years. He says, but they, lemaisa they daven together these two shul's when? On Simchas Taira and Yaimatan and I guess they didn't want to give up the Kiddush because they only have a kiddush once every 3 years so they decided that the of the kiddush will will join forces okay now this source it's interesting is sometimes you know you think you have a source this master benjamin everyone knew about this from master benjamin um, this particular source, literally everyone quotes it. I would say, I'm saying, even uh, the Shaila Meishiv, in the middle of in the in the Talmud Torah, he's talking about something, and he uh, somehow gets into something, and he quotes. I saw this master's Ben Yamin, and, and he says this. And even right away, in the, literally right after this thing came to print, we find in the Tikun Yisaschar, which we'll get to um, later on, he also quotes this Ben Yamin. Everyone quotes this, so this is like everyone's quoting that that Gemara Megillah, don't think it's just the Gemara Megillah, or that it's a Zaitika thing, it was even there was a shul, at least one shul in Egypt, in the times of the Rambam that was doing it, now that could explain a little bit, possibly, what's going on here when you look at the Rambam, because the Rambam was saying, ain't a minute Pashat he's referring to something, turns out that that um, there's more to the story like always, and that is as follows is a Rambana Rambam, now in the past, I might have said that there's sometimes a guddle that he gets outshined by his father. He has a great father, and then he could be great, and then he becomes forgotten. Rabbi has the bad luck of, in his time, he was unbelievable. And all of a sudden, he's forgotten about, he only becomes revived different times. He was a prolific writer. He wrote a crazy amount. Only in recent years has he become famous. Um, different problems, things that he said, people say he can't be that he said, without getting into any of all that, but one of the svarim that he wrote was a sefer, which called in Hebrew, Hamas B'Klaiv De'Hashem. Now, Hamas B'Klaiv De'Hashem, parts of it have even been translated in English, it's the Musar part. Less known is that there's a halacha part, and even of recent, the constantly discovering more parts to this work in the Kairag Um. Now, What's significant is, and this this safer is on Tfila. It was printed in the early, um, I think it was in the early '90s, in, by Barilan University, and currently it was reprinted recently. We're not going to get into all the story about it because we want to get moving over here. But bottom line is that he talks about the shuls, that these shul, the two shuls that there was two that they had different menhagim, and he says they had other menhagim. And it sounds like they weren't happy. They had some other men hug him. It sounds like his father, the Rambam, tried to get them to stop it. Okay? And this is a passage in this Rav Ramban Rambam, but we see again, he's also, this is getting us a little later, because he's 1186. So there's still this shul, this community is being noyig like this, this nakuda of, of Laning in a different thing. Okay. Now, but it's it's more than that. It seems the shul we now discover from the Kairagniza documents about the shul, what was going on. Okay, this Ezra Fleisha deals with and others. Fine, we have to move on. Okay, now we we fast forward, and it's really moving backwards. A, there was a chibor and it's called. It's um, people have come across it, and they learn. And when you learn, it's called um, safer We'll just call it Eitzer Chilufe Umanhgem Bnei Eretz Yisrael Okay, great. What is this? So this is a collection of of the of numerous minhagim. I think it's like fifty pieces, different minhagim. How Bnei Bava was like versus Bnei Yisrael. Okay. Now, when is this work? We now are able to establish this is early. They found pieces in the entire so it's not like some high guy was malachet learning based on his yeda and Bavli Rishalmi pulled this together. This is early on work. Okay, a friend of mine. Um discovered pieces in the Geniza was printed in um, his name was Yosef uh, Dubovic and he printed in Yeshur and um Lamedalad, he printed some new pieces um a new version establishing that it is even though we know that it's early work and and people had it but um establishing that how early it is okay now how does it become famous how why is it quoted by anyone or does it is it ever quoted the answer is yes what happened is that when the Yamsha Shleima was printed, the person who was printing the Yamsha Shleima came across that the Yamsha Shleima, or Shleimer Luria, had a copy of this. He thought it was the Yamsha Shleima that wrote this. But it turns out the Yamsha Shleima was not. It was just the Yamsha that had an early source that had this work. Anyway, so it's always quoted, sometimes you'll see um, people don't know that it's not the Yamsha Shleima who wrote it. Okay. Rabbi Raman Agra has a whole piece about this Chibur in his Rav Polim, and others talk about it. Now, in later on, I would say some point in the, in the, probably in the late, late 1800s, different gedolim were Isaac and the Sfibor, Rabbi Ya'akov Shore wrote harvest about it. Um, it was published in a journal. Um, and there was a few editions that came out of this work. One edition in the, in the thirties came out from Bam, from Benjamin Levine. Another edition came out from Mordecai Magolis. And also, an addition came out from Rabbi Ezra Alchuler, a great litfushe gadol, with her deres, also on this chibur. Okay, now what, what is so significant about this chibur? Because we find two passages that relate to our story. One is a cryptic sentence. He says that um, the Anche Mizra'ch Kairim um, Parsha Shliach Tiber v'Ha'am Kairim Ha'am Parsha very cryptic sentence, which we hope to enlighten um, shortly. Then the next piece, the next passage in the Sefer Chilukim Mizrach is that the Anche Mizrach, what do they do? A'yis'en simchas tayre b'chol shana, like us. t'israel, shanamu So here we see that they do Gimel shanamu Now, this whole story um, and the passage before, which we'll get to explaining hopefully soon, obviously has a lot to do with Simchas Taira. As we said, that was the that I, I'm claiming is that they didn't want to forego the Kiddush, but th- that's what this has to do with. Avram Yari talks about the early origins of, of uh, Simchas Taira in his classic book on Simchas Taira, but the point is that you see over here Simchas Taira, there was different, uh, obviously, we don't even know the, but in Eretz Yisrael how they did it and when exactly did they do it. Okay. The Shiloh is in the Gemara, it only says three years. Here it seems to say three years and a half. Is it exact or not? So it's going to, it really does play out um, later on, but we're not going to get into, in depth with all the different Cheshbainists due to lack of time. Okay. Now, so these, are the, these two passages need um, clarification, and we'll return to them momentarily. But now what we go back to is to try to answer the, one of the questions we set out in the beginning which is, what's Sudarov? What so, I mentioned that a bunch of G'daylum Deitaka had a Shver. It turns out that in the 1840s, there was a Jew, Gavriel Pollack, who wrote a letter to Shir. Shir is known as Shlema, Yehuda, Rappaport, Rav of Prague. Now, obviously, we have to ask a question. We're going about to quote something from Shear, if we're allowed to quote something from Shear. So when I was in, so just to mention, um, so recently, I believe there was a podcast by Rabbi Geber on Shear. I did not hear it yet, but um, he talks about Shear. So if one wants to get the history of Shear, but there's a lot to say about Shear. He had Arichas yam and he wrote a lot. But I, when I was young, in 10th grade, so they began a Shear in Flatbush from of Herschel Shechter, and it was on the and I attended a few times, it was um, when I was home from yeshiva. And he said, an uh, interesting thing, he was talking about the Malum And he said, Avenim he said, Chasidim don't use the Malum He said, Why not? Because Kiyaduah Shir published the Avenim and he even has some horrors there. So Shir was a maskil, so he's a maskil. So Hasidim are scared of touching the work of Avenim Elohim of the Tsars.
0: And I'm assuming you didn't mention this, but the audience probably knows that he was his son-in-law, correct?
1: That's what I'm about to say. Now, what it means is, is he, why was he involved with the printing? Because he was the son-in-law, correct, of the of the of the excise So, of course, some people say, you know, it was he was either maybe may married after he died. He didn't know this. He was good. He wasn't. Anyway, I'm not here to discuss um, shear right now. We could spend a lot of time on sheer and I'm not doing that now. But in, at the end of the day. Big people did quote Sheer, no problem, especially in this s- story. But the native quoted Sheer openly, no problem. He read Sheer's stuff, and the Radal also. Well, these two people were from the, I would say, the from Yidden that were experts in him and they quote him, and they have nice titles about him. They, they I, in one place, I think the Nativ does say something about him, but he doesn't have a problem to quote him. Okay. Bottom line is, um, Sheer is the comes and writes this um, tshuva to this fellow that asked him, what's these siddharov that I asked in the beginning that are found at the end of each chumash? What is it talking about? We, what, what, what is it even referring to? Now, again, Shir over here, he goes on, a, he has literally, I would say, ten pages um, where he talks about with incredible Bikiyas, incredible yeda, and based on the that we, the, the information that we have today, we see that he was, on, he was on target very much. From what he had to figure out what he did, well, is very impressive, and it holds up on some level, different aspects, what he said. And basically is that this is, the Siddharav was the way, just like we have X amount of parshas, so the B'nai Yisrael have to have a counting of their parshas. So for, so for them, the sedaravuiz when it says, let's say in chumish barachus, let's say it's mem gimel, that is going according to those that finish the chumish for once every three years, um, and and that and so if you add up the five, the five um, in each chumish, what it adds up to that adds up to the kriyas atayra of three of the three year cycle, not not the one year cycle. Okay, this is a suggestion, but obviously I'm I'm saying it in a in a mamlish in a one sentence thing. This is he has ten pages and he's each some of the things that he says in the passage of this Nakuda, um I feel it's not right, but I but uh, I'm, I can't go through every single Prat that he says. Some of the things are very very interesting and maybe a different topic, But yeah.
0: On the most basic level, what does it refer to? Prakim numbers of prakim. What does it refer
1: to? Oh what is it referring to you mean, So just like when the the let's say how many parishes do we have in Humish Berachius? So we have 12. So if you do the the way they linked it will come out to be 40 it will come out to be 43 because um cuz they broke it into three or three and a half depending on the exact calculations and and so it's basically the, their parishes were much smaller. If we finish the whole parish and they're doing it over 3 years so it's, mu- it's much less. In the Parsha. But it's, it's much more complicated than that. You're, you're, you're right. But that's the, like, in a very, very watered down version to say what it is. Okay. But, but I'm going to elaborate in the course of what I'm going to say now. It will come out. We'll be able to understand a little better what it is, what, what he's getting at. And that's as follows. For example, there's a, there's a medrash in Esther. When it, it basically says some type of cryptic sentence, when it's talking about the minion is 155. So, what does Sefer have to do with 155? It doesn't work with what we have. We have um fifty four there's fifty four weeks so there's either fifty two parshes fifty three parshes fifty four parshes whatever that is but we definitely do not have a hundred and fifty five parshes so what's that in this medrash? Okay so there's a sefer on Megillus Esther on Wolf Medrash actually called Hatirish and it's written by the Marcheshes' father. It's a beautiful chibor, and over there he says he says he brings down different people are struggling to explain what's the um Shanda Medrash. measure He says he wants to make a correction and it should say Sidre Khamishe Sifre Tira. That adds up to 155. I mean to say it, it says me kind of divre Khamishe Sifre It should not say that, it should say Sidre Khamishe Sifre Tira. What, what what's he talking about? So he says is. He has Asharah, and he, he brings you a bunch of different Chazals and different people that um, there's something called Tzedarim. And if you look in the Gemara Megillah, that we mentioned all the way in the beginning, the Chavtes, which talks about the minig of leaning, the Sefer Tairah that we have, not once, and not finishing it not once here, but leaning it and finishing it once every three years. So it will come out, it's 154, there's 154 parts, assuming that there's going to be a Leap year also somewhere in the mix. And he says that there's other Madrashim, and you find a bunch of times that it says Sidra, and that's what Sidra means. That's what he says as a, um says this is a possibility. Then he says, interestingly enough, I was in Vilna, and I went to my son, and he tells me, my son the Marcheshist, tells me, also one of the great kudalim of pre-war Europe, says that whatever you just said to explain this Madrish. And that's what it means. So what we're basically saying is, is that there were, for some reason, even though that Shul and Mitzrayim, were not making a claim, that that Shul and Mitzrayim, that the Rambam in Ramam's time, and Rambam and Rambam's time, and Rav Rambam Rambam's time, and Rav Toledo Toledo saw it, that that was widespread all over Europe, and all over Egypt, and all over everywhere, but it existed. For some reason, this remained in the list.
0: Okay I'm probably jumping ahead, but as you say that word, sidra just popped in my head. many people call the cedra right correct. where did that come from?
1: Correct. correct so 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 it sounds like it has to it does have to do with this has to do with this now, Lamaisa, there are other sources um, that seem to imply. The, the, when they're talking about how many parshiyos there are in the Torah, so there's a there's a mesechte. in Yishal Shabbos, there's a lashon somewhere that says something to the fact that there's me'ah of v'shivim v'chameish parshiyos, so that would be there's 175 parshiyos. Similarly, there's a mesecta Sifrim that also says that there's 175 parshiyos. So what's going on here? So she, so already um, Shir points this out, and others based on the Torah of Shear that it's referring to again. The that counting of the of how many times they lay in the parasha throughout the three years. Now the problem is, and this is a very big problem, is that now we're saying one one thing we're saying was one fifty four, one fifty five, and now I'm telling you one seventy five. So Sheer himself is not convinced that this that that's the pshat in the Yushalmi, or that that's pshat in the Sechta but already, early Neisic Kalim of the Ushalmi before Shear did chap, some asked, we say, Sheer runs with this. He explains a lot of different things that I'm not going into. But already earlier than Shear, there was, for example, um, in 1710, there was a Hebrew called Shema, Shema Shloima, And in the introduction, there, there is a passage where the person... It's a Drush safer, but the person who published the safer says this in his piece of Torah, in his introduction about the safer when he's referring to this Yushalmi, that I just quoted, that it says it's 175 Parsons in Torah. He brings you the Yamshel shloima of the Minig, of laying three and a half years, because that's when you, you'll gain more. Because he said is that if it's 155, 154, that's only going to work with three years, so you'll gain some more. But again, yeah, the, the mathematical, the exact numbers and the cheshbayinus of this, I, I leave, I'm leaving out, especially because it gets much more complicated when um um short. But the point is, already in 1710, someone says it, there was a parish, uh, a, fam- uh, a parish Amasech de um which is called the um, Nachos Ariel. In 1732, he brings it down in short. There's a Nachus Yaakov in 1793, also a de seifrim. He also brings down this um, particular parish, about about this time. okay. So so sheer. Well, what I'm saying is Shear He he just runs with it, okay. And he explains many more um, things with it. And uh, I feel I feel bad because I'm saying it too um, watered down. But th- that's the you know that's life. Okay. Now we go back to um, I-, I quoted this chibur of. Um, but the point is, one of the points that needs to be reiterated over here is, is that we see that the parashies, it's not, it, there was no, it's, um, that, that as, as far, if you're going way back, so in the times before, it, there, there was a period of time that there was an established meeting, not just that one shul that was a fringe minig, there was a Bnei Ar-Tisrael versus Bavel, there was two different things, so there wasn't able to be an exact division of the parashies as the way we have it today. Okay, um, just to fast forward very very briefly. So back to this the um the shebein eretz yisrael shebein am um, shey of eretz yisrael. So again, how do we? I told you there's a cryptic line, and the cryptic line says that eretz yisrael parsha the shatz sidarum? What's going on? What does that mean? They lay in the parsha, and then the shatz says sedarim. What does that even mean? Whereas, when it's talking about the Bnei Bavel, it says, Karim va'am de de What's going on? So the suggestion, and this is, again, um, um, subject to great debate, but based on this Torah that we're saying, it means like this, that even those that did do the Minig, so Bnei Eretz Yisrael, and they did, um, they had this concept of Siddarim, so suggests Mordechai Margolis and some others that the Maisa they also did the the, the people the Hamoin Am also linked Shnaya Vechetargem, the regular parsha that's similar to the ones that was being linked in B'nai Bavil. That's a radical thing. So it comes out. So yeah, you want to know what they lained in shul? They lained in shul differently. They finished it once every three years but it comes out like this, they're, they're, they should really be allowed to have a Simchas Taira. Why? Because they're being, at similar to the B'nai of B'avil. Anyway, this is a chap, and it's not, it's not true, uh, most likely, based on careful reading. Ezra Fleischer deals with it at great length. We're not going to go into it, but the point is, where it's coming from is because of the Lashen. Because Kairun Ha'am Parsha, that's our Parsha. And as you pointed out, Sdarov is this new thing, is the, is the 155 or whatever the Muschai says, and that, that's what's referring to. It means, hey, uh, the you have to read it very carefully. But the problem is that this is, um, a fo- it's not clear that it's a, meshub- it's a text that's very uh, mashubish, and it's not clear at all that this is the Pshat. Okay, whatever. I, I'm just throwing it out there based on to help us understand better this Einfal of Shir, how it could play out. But as I said, they don't—they're not willing to accept it today. Now, Ravu Magolus also has a beautiful piece in his Sefer Hamikra masaira which is Kadai to read. And just reading these four pages with all the footnotes, you'll understand now much better what he's referring to. He puts it down in his. Unbelievable kayach of putting it down in short to the point. He brings up different things, very masuder. He quotes many of the sources that are out there about the topic. There, of course, there are more, and he puts it down very carefully. So now it comes out. What about Rashi on? Um, if we go back to Rashi and So what does Rashi in Vayichi say? So this is um, this is also plays out over here. Rashi and Says, lama parsha stuma nestamu mitzras So right away the Mizrahi asks, stuma, what's going on here? Stuma psucha. These are well known in hilchas sifat yira. There's ways how it's supposed to be written, how much space is supposed to be between different parshas, and even in the particular parshas, you open it up. There's no, um, he says, then he, and he also asks another question. You should start asking it earlier on. Why are you waking up to the past? So then he says a fascinating thing. There's no Revah. Loy tikentrilis a parsha parsha'shi yakiv, el nasha y makubal et sloy, share, lia sham piska, el sha shem, gaz a sloyasa isai, zes shola, siba varmu lama parsha zes tuma. We say it really was supposed to be a different place. And it wasn't. Interestingly enough. The Mizrahi didn't have this, but the Rashbam says really the parsha of Ayahi was supposed to begin a pasuk earlier. Um that makes sense. That's the connection. But, but it didn't want to. Because why? It says the Rashbam. Fascinating thing. Because it wanted to be Messiah with something. Because it wanted to basically to be Messiah Something that we find. People like to make fun of a Hasidic Here we see the Rashbam says this. Now the Rashbam was only printed in the 17, late 1700s, so it wasn't, you know, but here he's saying, and he's explaining it over here, but now, says Rebubo Magolus, without using the Suresh Bam or the Mizrahi or quoting them, if you understand the concept of Siddharim, it's very possible that, um, he, that that's what it's referring to. It's not the Siddharim, it's the Siddharim of, I'm just for lack of a better word, the Siddharim of the B'neir And those Siddharim, we said is, they had a different way how they ended up the Parsha. In, in this particular case, I don't think it answers it up well, um, um, but that that's just a suggestion. It's good I to look at Reguva Margolis Bechlal in this Okay, now, the Mashal, just to mention, uh, I, I said that there's, there's all different places that possibly could be riots for it. Some place, sometimes Shir does go for it, sometimes not. Other people bring them. The Mashal is a uh, Rabbeinah Bechayim. In Rabbein Bechayim, he says, Matayim v'shivim Parshis. He says this in Parshas Kaira. What's going on here? So Rabyak of Shur in his parish on on um found Bachai, founded Mishna printed for a manuscript by Mysra Kot well a few years back. So he also talks about this and he brings down this raid of this Masakh Seifrim, and he brings down the Yamsha Shleima, and all this material about Sdarov. He knew this um, he knew this raid of Shir. He doesn't quote his name, but he, he most likely knew it. And he says, um, what we call a Parsha was sometimes it was called Seder Parshias, which you pointed out. You wanted to know about it. Okay. Lemaisa, he suggests that maybe there's a printing mistake over here and that it really should not be Matai and Vishnu and but based on just like we found that the Roshalmi, according to some, and uh, and the Masechtos Seifrim have Kuf, Ayin, Hay. so that will be that's really Rabbi Mechai wants to say. Okay, th- th- these are just possibilities out there. About now, there was a traveler, um, um, and this is where we start moving. Where we're, we're getting close to just a few more quick parts to get to the conclusions already. Um, like this, the. Um, First of all, the Torah of Shir really goes on to playing out and in understanding in the, in the Medrash. We find that there were different, when you open up your Medrash, a lot of times people are at loss, what's going on over here? Why is this piece of Medrash relating to Parsha Um Not, not Parashat Shemais, but it, that it turns out it's possible that some of these Medrashim are Medrashay, what's called Medrashay Eretz Yisrael. So the Drashas would be according to that say there in the Parashas. But I'm just saying the sentence it requires a lot of beer and it might not necessarily be true. Okay, now there was a traveler, a great Hush of Talmud from Eretz Yisrael. He traveled to uh, to Europe to raise funds in the late eighteen hundreds, and and he ends up writing up his travels. He ends up in Taman even it's called Reb Yaakov Sapir was his name. The sefer has very nice askamas, and he saw a lot of interesting things. At the end, he pu- publishes his travels, two volumes called Evan Sapir, and towards the end, he also writes up different discoveries and things he saw in his travels. So, in the back of volume two, he brings down an old Hebrew that he saw, and it says like this: Da, ki aminenga pashtet bereiv va'olam shemashlimnes atayir b'shana from Chagas Sukkos, beparshes Bereishis, and he finish in Chagas Sukkos be'zayis and therefore, the Torah was 53 parshas. Now, I mentioned earlier that it's not clear if it's 53, 54. This is our richos also, which we're not going to go into. Um, just one person that talks about it of recent. My friend uh, Yaakov Stahl put out a sefer of uh, one of the of Rebib HaChassid called Sayde Chumash. There he has a few pages devoted to a collection of, of numerous makairos. If it's 53 parshas, how do we get the counting of 53 parshas? But here you see also a discussion about that. And then he says... Um, then he brings down what's significant that's, that's the minig of the One fifty four. Now this is the key word. The comes out, and then he goes, this Chibur does that, explains what is the, the amount of Sukkim in how they broke it down. Because we have it as, which in this Chibur calls it Sefer Yasha, which we earlier mentioned other sources for that. We have shneimas Masar Parsha. They have it, a different number. So he breaks it down that Parsha Spirish has Arba what are they? And it's this Khibur, this early Khibur, this ancient Khibur that this Rebecca of Sapir saw in his travels talks about, um, has the mamish has the breakdown of, of what it was. Okay. Now <coughs> two more points with this whole um, Balagan. And that is as follows. All that I'm telling you, this was all um, known and written about starting from when Shear wrote about it then and it was published right away. And all different creches, and you know, I would say throughout the years, there was it was discussed, and people started to know about it. One um, reaction to this was a safer, there was a safer written from a dying in Vilna. In 19, he publishes it in 1906, it's called Masiris van Avim. His name was Pesach, um, I guess, P- Finfer. Um, and he was a rav in a few different places before he became a dying in Vilna. And he puts out a Sefer Messiah's Atari What is the Sefer uh, Atari Avim? In short, one of the things that he does in the, is he wants to understand the Prakim, the Seder of the, the Parshish, the Vision, the Sidarim, the Psukim, the Icy Ice, all different things, the, the, the history of the uh, Kapitlach. Um, um, an amazing Sefer. And now this Sefer, he was in contact with Taderas, he has a scum of some other people. and. and And it's incredible the amount of material he has in the Sefer. And he talks about our discussion, he talks about it. At the end of the day, even though he saw everything that was up to 1906, what was out there, um, including Shear and everything, and he saw various articles, he's quoting, there was a lot of articles that were building off it, Lemaisa, he says it's it's a, it's nothing. It's a mistake. It is a mistake that it should have been put it was a mistake. Someone wrote it a long time ago, Wasted waste of time wasting me see after he saw everything and a lot of different evidence and he knew about the Masakhda Cyphers and the Ursalmis and there's other Midrashim, and this place, he still he, he literally has the list of all the material and he just snacks it off. Okay. I don't know why this is so, but the the um the Mysa, There's been many discoveries after from the Kairgnezah, which we're not going to go into, but we have already discussed the Kairgnezah, and in this area, the Kairgnezah also helped out. And there's been many articles of the different pieces that they found, where they are able to show that there definitely was, at one point, two menhagum. So that means is that even when when the Gemara is writing this in Megillah. We're talking about it was a minig, it wasn't like this far out minig in one place that they did it. So, and the, what's significant for us is that at that time, still, there was no chalukah of the parashios as we have it. You go to the store and you open the whatever chomish you like to use, it, it, it just didn't have it. So, now what happened, and all the nuances, and all the sugis and sugis that was brought up by the people earlier. So there's, I'm just going to mention the names, not to, um, um, there's a, there's a, Ezra Fleischer, who was a world expert on tefillah from Yid, who wrote hundreds of articles and books relating to tefillah from Gnizah fragments. He he spent a lot of time about this, Surya, wrote about it a bunch of times. And there was a, um, a, there's a Yid who's still alive, an academic, uh, Shleimana, also wrote a beautiful, beautiful article. Somehow he comes up with a whole cheshmer, the whole time I keep on saying, and they, later on they find, sources that Taka proved this of 154, 175, 167, 141 of the Seder ha they find lists. They, they actually have lists of this. So they see it was done somewhere, not just in that shul of the, of the Rambam or the Rambam the So he, one of these people even connects that this whole minig actually, it's strange. It comes out, if you think about it, it's a, it's a crazy Balagan. They're laning. What's the Seder have? At least we, we're laning, we know. Yeah, have all the different things, okay? So, okay, you'll say that we, you're an educated guy and you know that the, the, the hafzakas that we stop are wrong. But you know, it's komish baracious. you lay in the parasha. By them, it's like, it takes four weeks to boratius and it's a, it's a challenge. What's happening over there? Somehow he shows that the numbers are exact and it, ha- it has to do with they finished, They start at the same time as we do sukkas, and they finish for Hakel. He he has a meyer de how to get to the Hakel, but there's intense chesbainus and all the different makayus about it. This is in this nut article. Fleischer builds to explain his theories about it. He there's a there's a there's a thing in history that one has to be very careful. Sometimes you could read an article from someone and it's amazing if you read the top, but then you think and you say, okay, now I believe you. Uh, what you're saying sounds amazing, now back it up with sources, and sometimes you're just like, the sources don't exist it could be he's reading it beautifully, maybe he's a Navi, but it's very hard to say these things because we don't know, whatever, but he builds up with an intense understanding, which if it's true, it's remarkable, of what Tefillah was in the times of um, from the Beisam English, from, the, from before the base English, what it meant, Kriya Satyra was originally first, then it became Davening and why that happened Fascinating things, but you have to know which parts are true and which are not. Anyway, okay. So now at this point we're stuck. Do we have an answer to our question? So am um, so basically is um there was a fellow um uh, Rabbi Weintraub, he prints a work he found from Gainim, in the again in the Kyogniza. He dates it somewhere from nine from nine ninety to ten forty, and from this work there taka is a chalukah ready then of the ha Hatayru okay so we have somewhere but where was that where we're getting it from was that the source likely not but but we're we're showing that that it's it's very it's much later than one would imagine okay that's one source about this <coughs> another quick sources and um, we're, we're, we're getting closer to the end is is a Bring brings down a Xavit of a truest it's considered to be a true a, a rush. We're not going to get into it, but it seems to be reliable. The Chidah brings down as follows: Um, the Chiburim, who today Shetala, Kriya, Kalatari, Bishanachas, Luchain, kol Chachem, Beiroi, Oiba Artsai, Chibur, the Hifrida Storm, Kafia, Hasedu, Shah, Rosh, Anas, Vena Sidah, who Aloka Kavua, there's no Haloka Kavua, Rachminic, Vain Chival Shanis, Minigan, Baraka, basically. There was no set minig. This is a tshuva, supposed to be a tshuva from the Rush. And the chidah brings this down. So this is not taking into account this ga'in and material that was found um, later um, later on. But at least the, you see that there was no exact... Now, you'll say, does this play out? So I'll tell you just um, two interesting m'kairis relating to this also. And that is... Um, the Reform Movement, and in our time, the conservative movement, they have a field day with this. They don't want to listen to Kriyas Atayra, the whole Kriyas Atayra, so they go, we're B'nai Ha'at And already already in the Reform Movement, when it began, this um, um, Heinemann, uh, not Heinemann, um, Elbegin documents this out, they wanted to they said, what do you mean? They, want, they they wanted to have a shorter Kriyas Atayra, and the conservative movement, Adayoyin, they have tshuvas written, we're doing that, we're preserving that minute, you know, whatever, okay. Lamaisa <coughs> this also played out. There was a there there's there's a known minig that when there's a chasen, so they lain in the the end of the parsha they lain Vavram Avram Silas when they lain it is a part of the seven aliyahs not. And this was a major controversy. Um, at one point there was like everything else, controversy. chuvas written about it, and even some svarim written about it. And it seems some were lost, a rear. Recently someone printed a rare one of it. It's called country Alinian. Sh- um, he calls it. Kuntris al inin Shabbos Chasana, and Lamaisa. When you look, there's a lot of different things that are happening in this tshuva. But one of the things that comes up in this chuva and a tshuva about this topic from a Bezdina Besdina Also, they bring in this Rambam and they bring in what the minig was and and the halukas aparishes. It, pl- it plays out somehow in the in this um, in this story. Okay, now so so. So, bottom line, and this is just to be misakim, to, to sum up what it is that we're coming out with over here in this story, in a, in, a, in a so someone can have a takeaway, is like this. There is an excellent work if someone wants to learn all about the Messiah and all types of areas. So, it's from Yisrael Yabin. It's called a Messiah Lamechah. So, he talks about, in his entry, about Chalukah Dharma L'Parshas. So, he says like this. The Torah... There's two chalukos of laning on Shabbos. One is Eretz Yisrael. They did it three years or three and a half years, which you spoke about. It was either 154 or 167 chalakim, and it was called Sidaram. It's mentioned in the Gemara. There's numerous sources. Whereas in Bavel, they leaned it with once a year, finishing it. It was 53 parshas. Some have a part. and it's called parshiyos, as you pointed out. And some have 54. Earlier on, um, and this is the haluko today, and this is um, and this is the, the the bottom line that basically the Minig of Bavel won it out, won out for whatever reasons, which again you have to see the the, the, the articles that talk about it, why the Bonair Yisrael Minig who which was first, that's another question to ask, which was first? Did they maybe originally they linked um, the three year cycle? Then i all these questions we, we're not dealing with, but but we're at least attempting to give up to give some type of answer to this question. we will be Messiah with the last thing, which is that people, especially I mentioned, people always ask, why can't you just make the double parashas, make some type of conclusion, make some type of mass meeting, you know, with the internet, have everyone come down, and we'll have all uh, we'll Claudiusrel agree on something, so to speak. Um, is that even possible? Okay, so con- this is the conclusion. The conclusion is as follows. It was a very, very important sefer that relates to Hilchus Prius of And that sefer is called, it, it goes by a name, Iber Shanim Teken Yisachar, from, from a Rebbe Yisachar ben Susan. Okay. The sefer is originally published in 1564. Shaloi someone stole it from him and publishes it, and he feels that it had mistakes. He himself goes ahead and publishes it in 1578. This is the go-to sefer that the uh, Knesset Zagdoi um uses extensively. Actually, and just throw it out there, this is the source for Tubishvat. this is the earliest source for Tubishvat. okay the Sefer, one of the reprints that came out of the Sefer a bunch of years back has a beautiful article from Rebetzal Landau and some of his manuscripts, I think even the manuscript of this Mechaber still exists he's in Tzvat, the same time as the Beis Yosef, anyway he has a passage where he talks about Richus. I told you already, he, I mentioned that he talks about he knows about the Rebben right when it came out already. he's talking about it, anyway he talks about what about tafsakas that you should, um, what are the tafsakos that you make um, in the parishes. So he brings down, first he brings down the masses of uh, sorry, he brings down, I said, the, the rabbi Yamin, and he says, like this, he said, it came out that in 1545, and again, a few years later, there were people there, and it came out that the B'nai the visitors are, are hearing parsha one way, and, and in Tzfat they're a different way, and they wanted to make shalom, so they tried to talk about it. And to try to make it um, shalom, and it wasn't successful. He says again a few years later they tried to again, and this was in a, one city to try to make shalom that there should be a universal laning, and you know, and th- that way it wouldn't it would mess up anything. It just didn't work. La because we see, and, and, and so so you see already then that they tried to to you know th- I guess we want to have for gabayim a, a lot of gabayim love to be busy with this, especially in our recent with all the calendars and all the different luachs, you always see the certain people, the junkies of the calendar, they want to show off that they know which parsha it is and they they show off they know which haftarah it is and the and why it should be mechuber. So we see that there was attempts already, you know, to try to make shalom and it didn't work. Why it is, is hard to know, but that's what it is. L'mayso, and one learned simon tafk, you see that talk over there and over there is the halachas of when things are supposed to be in order to understand it, you have to have an intense understanding of the calendar, which we refer to you to the Rosh Hashanah, where we coined it the junkies of the calendar That that's the story, so we've attempted to answer the question, obviously the question is much better than the answer, and we don't have an exact pinpoint of when it happened but this is some type of uh, exploration of the story.
0: Okay, Thank you very much for those still listening. I hope the people who dedicated are still listening. But I uh, really appreciate it. And one last thing if you could just clarify for those you said there's a takeaway. I think the takeaway was around 10 minutes ago the closing takeaway or more. Um, <laughs> you you said that um We've been calling it the mini-Garit but we see that they were doing that way in Chutlarets also, this three-year, right, whatever, years. Right, three, yeah, three and a half year
1: yeah Egypt, right. And that, that gets a, is its own can of worms, and we're not going down that path of preserving a mini roll outside and how it still existed. And is there other – there's a lot to talk about that in recent years, but we aren't going down that path.
0: Okay, now we have Parsha, we have Sedra. We actually call him Maver Sedra, right? right? That's what it's called, Maver right, Sedra. Right, right,
1: right.
0: Anyway, for all questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out to either myself and or Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt at eliezerbroth at gmail.com. My email address is shwadem at ou.org. And we're looking forward to hearing from everybody. And we'll see you all soon.